Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Brad Whipple, and this is our podcast series, Clan of Two, where we recap episodes of The Mandalorian every single week on Disney+. Plus. We break down the episode, talk about the things that we love and enjoyed. And my co-host for this series, once again, joining the show, Tori Fox. Tori, what's up? Hello. How's it going? So amazing. Good. I feel like I say the same thing every time, but, <laughs> you know, uh, love the episode. So, you know. Yeah. What more could I ask for? <laughs> I, I agree. There's nothing left to say. I think we about covered it this week on, on Clan of Two. So where can our people find you? I'm just kidding. I'm really excited to get into this there's a lot that happened on the mandalorian this week i'm very excited about it but hey it's friday gotta get down on friday waiting for the weekend waiting for the frog people to come back in our lives it's been a long wait it has been actually like i like i figured that you know frog lady and frog man would get back together but i was just waiting for that moment all week and it was it delivered absolutely well we're gonna get into that very soon but before we get started a couple of items to knock out the list first thing i'll say is we've been getting some new listeners i think for this podcast through clan of two so again if you are new to the podcast we post episodes every week make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram so you see when tori and i post the newest episode because we usually do it pretty quick afterwards and uh spend an hour with us talking all things mandalorian so the second thing on the list tori is your shop creature cartel that you you own you just launched a really cool product today i'm very excited about it you want to tell us about it oh thank you uh yeah i just launched um i'm trying to do the original idea was like a thing a week but you know (laughs) things are crazy so um i I already launched a brooch that looks like the uh mudhorn signet on mando's armor and then today i released some earrings that have uh the signet on them so yeah so hoping to at least pump out one more thing we'll see before mando's over but yeah Keep an eye on the shop accounts under Creature Cartel if you're interested in some fun Mando-like jewelry and accessories. Awesome. And last thing we'll say here, too, is as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, the fundraiser Trans Rights Are Humans Rights is still mm-hmm. ongoing mm-hmm. throughout the entire season of The Mandalorian, started by Maggie of the Star Wars Friends show, Candace of the Geeky Waffle, and Eric from Living Force Podcast. So those three started that GoFundMe. It's almost... I think close to 12,000. I haven't checked the amount recently, but it's up there. That's so good. It's up Mm. there. Yeah. So uh, give if you can. And if you can't, just share it. Absolutely. Because that's super helpful as well. You know, the phrase sharing is caring is often made fun of, but I think there's a lot of value in that, you know? Uh, For this particular instance, I would agree with you. Absolutely. Doesn't take a lot to just share the link, folks. So if you can. Nothing at all. Do so. We're going to be talking about Chapter 11, The Heiress, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and written by Jon Favreau. And wow, what a time. This week was a roller coaster. We had Eggate to start and kind of to end. But then Thursday night, Tori, we had a really ominous tweet from Katie Sackhoff that said, is it Friday yet? And And immediately I was freaking out. How did you feel when you saw that tweet? And did you know it was coming? Katie or Wild, and it's happening. I feel like I was like, oh man, it's happening. And then she was like, 
oh no, um, Friday's my cheat day. And I was like, girl, you are lying. You did not expect people to lose their minds over this. Like, I know you're on there tomorrow. Like after she posted that, I was like, okay, she's on it. Like, that's it. Um, so it was great to, uh, to kind of have that anticipation and being like, oh, how is she going to pop up? That's wild. I also love side note. I love the title. Like it's mm-hmm. such for me anyway, I thought it was a pretty like unexpected title. And I feel like, I feel like our like modern, modernized, um, like conception of the word heiress is very different from like the base of what it means, which is just the fact that like she's basically inherited like ruling over Mandalore. So I just I thought that was such a fun way to refer to her. I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah, so. I was thinking about that in terms of even Satine, right? The Duchess. And yeah, I was like yeah, it's cool to have know. like another kind of similar name for Bo. Yeah, neat. and she mentions having the armor through three generations in her family, so there's definitely some history there. And I love the Mandalorian culture and just the Mandalorians in general because there is such a rich history. It's very mm-hmm. family driven, very like clan driven, and that's mm-hmm. really exciting. But I, I was really freaking out like all week i think on monday i was like welcome to bo-katan week everybody and i was like definitely clowning here this is not happening so soon and then yeah when she tweeted I that did. and then i started watching the episode they're, and i saw yeah. the heiress i was like shit it's happening they're, yeah they're they're pulling no punches they're just going for it there's like it's just happening <laughs> yeah i mean through three episodes we've gotten cobb vanth boba fett knobby white spiders frog lady frog man and now Bo-Katan. Yeah, they're just whipping out all the references. Tori, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? I think a lot happened in terms of action, and it a set up happened, a lot yeah. of new moving pieces for the season. So where are you at? I, uh, like I said, obviously loved it. I feel like I <laughs> have the most boring rea- overall reaction because I'm just like, I loved it. It's great. Um, no, I, I thought it was really good. Um, we kind of already had the conver- this conversation amongst ourselves. Um, I uh, feel like some people are like, this is the best episode of the series. And like, I am searching for whether I feel that way personally. Um, it's ob- I definitely would say it's a top for me, but I don't know if it's like my favorite because it definitely seemed like it was an episode that was just setting up a lot of things. Not very, um, like something that we talk about a lot is kind of like growth for Mando. And I don't feel like it was so much growth this time around. It was kind of more like delivery of information and kind of just like moving him along his way. Um, but yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaways from this, obviously, I love that Bo- Bo-Katan is now um, kind of serving the purpose that I thought she would serve, which is exciting to see, which was that clearly she's connected to the Darksaber, which is exciting because I don't think that we've seen the last of her. Like, she's definitely popping up again, and I love that for me. Um, So that's cool. Um, But see, yeah, seeing her pop up for that reason and then also seeing her pop up because she clearly has firsthand experience with Jedi and Mando knows nothing about that. Um, So uh, it was really cool to see that. And um, yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, big name drop. (laughs) <laughs> at the end with Ahsoka yeah. I was like oh okay so which I mean <laughs> is exciting I honestly I'll admit I didn't expect anyone to just be like Ahsoka Tano yeah I was talking like, to Eric this morning from Living Force and I was like can you believe they just like just threw it out there and he was like well to be I honestly fair, couldn't believe it 
To be fair, Bo-Katan knows like one living Jedi, and I was like, you know what? That's a I fair mean, point. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I figured she was. Ta- I figured she was talking about Ahsoka, but I didn't expect at the end for her to just be like, ah, it's fine. I guess I'll just tell you the person's name and like send you right there. Like it's fine. Like that's pretty wild to me. Um, but you know that obviously was a big setup. Um, I'm excited, but for a couple reasons, I'm concerned and reserved with that excitement because um not if it's the i mean all the other like leaks have been true so if it's the person that i think it is i'm not a massive fan of that uh as ahsoka and then additionally i which i say this like every time i'm concerned about ahsoka just like taking over the whole show i hope it's a one episode dealio and that's Mm -hmm. all we have to deal with because i love her dearly but she has had two whole shows already yep and she kind of steals the show when she's in the room like i want to see characters be able to breathe i want all these new characters to have the spotlight that they deserve so yeah yeah but and then obviously i was losing my mind over all the mon calamari like there were so many mon calamari i lost count what a time <laughs> and Love so that. many quarren god lots of quarren love them too Mon Calamari are my favorite, though. I know. I feel like every corn we've ever met is just, like, the worst. Just and that makes news. me upset because I feel like there's got to be, like, a couple that are nice. <laughs> Please. Yeah, there's a lot that you, you put out there. A lot of really Sorry. good. No, no, no. No, this is good, <laughs> though. Like, Here's my five-paragraph uh, MLA <laughs> format answer. No, but you put out a lot of really great points that I think are worth discussing, right? First thing is, obviously, the, the big name drop was one of the, the biggest parts of the episode because we're like, okay, it's actually happening. The leaks were true. And yes, if it is who I think is playing it, very not thrilled about that, just given the problematic nature of that actress and things that have happened relative to other actors on the show, similar things. And I'm just not the best on that. What I will say is Laura Harrier was like right there. I don't know why. Oh, my God. Why? She was like like literally right there. (laughs) Or like even I mean, and I can understand maybe, you know, like, uh, visually i guess because i i honestly think like if you want to look exactly like ahsoka i totally agree like laura harrier is like it like i could not even believe those like when people started saying that i was like oh my god yes but it's kind of like if it is the person that we think it is i would have maybe even rather had like ashley Eckstein do it because they have actual bo-katan being bo-katan like how cool would it be to have actual ahsoka you know so i i don't know it it if it is true it's you're right it's a bummer for the problematic nature yeah um but yeah i mean i'm sure whatever i visually i think it will look really cool um i i think one of my favorite things of this episode was seeing uh Bo in real life that was i couldn't stop staring like i've <laughs> i've just been staring at pictures of her all day it's fine yeah <laughs> so you made a lot of great points and the first one i want to say outside of ahsoka is the purpose of Bo-Katan. I think that's really important, right? Because we always talk about what's the purpose of bringing this character onto the show. That was a lot of the, the discourse around these alleged cameos that were happening. Is this mm-hmm. just going to be exactly. yeah. a bunch of guest starring? Is it going to really add to the story? Is it really just a way to shoehorn in these characters? But no, Bo-Katan is clearly serving a purpose. And we'll get yeah, into the larger good. conversation of Mandalore, which I think is ultimately going to be the end game of the series. And again, we'll get more in the specifics later on. But I think she was definitely like executed perfectly. And I'm so glad Katie Sackoff is playing her because you literally couldn't <sighs> have cast so her better. Good. I've already said that so like good. times, but she looks so good. 
I lost oh my, my breath god. when she took her helmet off. <laughs> I was oh like, my god! Oh when she when you god. heard like the little like whoosh, like the little release of air, and I was like, she's taking the helmet off. Yes, like yes. Oh. The one thing I will say, and this is the dumbest thing ever, and I'm legitimately joking. I will probably make this joke tweet when you know the weekend's over. Oh, my favorite but part I, of the one week. One of the things <laughs> when they when she was rumored, I know, right? One, I can like unleash all the memes. Um, <laughs> one of the things when she when she was rumored, I was like. They better do the hair thing because when you look at her hair and the Clone Wars, she has like that really weird, like angular, like part on this, like in her hair that is not possible with real actual hair. And I was like, they better do the hair thing, and they didn't. But that's okay. Yeah, I'm just like her hair looked great. <laughs> I was very like she's. Be- I can't wait to get her character poster on Monday. Oh my god! Right. Ugh. That brings me to my next point. Is I love that they're doing these new character posters each week, and it's like first it's Cobb Vanth. Then it's Frog Lady, assuming it's going to be Bo-Katan next. And then I think it's probably going to be Ahsoka at some point. Or Boba. Or Boba, yeah. So there's going to be all these characters, right? And when I think of, I tweeted this from the Friends of the Force account, season one was acquiring the armor and accepting the Clan of Two with Baby Yoda, accepting that he's going to father this child. Season two is the quest for knowledge, acquiring information acquiring allies which is a part of the hero's journey that's the phase of mando's journey that he's in right now and a lot of the season like you said has just kind of been moving him along it hasn't really focused too heavily on the actual relationship like we've seen bits and pieces of how that relationship has formed and continued to grow you know just with their banter back and forth so sweet but we haven't really seen like a ton of intimate moments the kind of intimate moments that you got like with Chapter two, for instance, you know, by the campfire and him having to keep keep putting baby Yoda back in the stroller when he tries to come out and, you know, grab his arm. So we haven't seen like too many moments like that because there's been so many supporting characters around them. And that's okay because I think that's part of the hero's journey. I think right now Din needs the knowledge. He can't get that from baby Yoda, obviously. Yeah, baby Yoda doesn't know what the heck's happening. I think at some point we're going to make a turn here very quickly where it's going to be, okay. you've met all of your allies that you need. Now you can face Moff Gideon. Now you can, or try to face Moff Gideon. I don't yeah, think Moff Gideon's exactly. going anywhere after this season. I think he's going to be a big bad for quite a bit. I could be wrong. No, I feel like I could go either way. Yeah. I feel like if you bring Giancarlo Esposito, like you got to keep that guy around for like at least three seasons. I mean, seasons, I agree with you, you know? on that. Like, absolutely. I mean, maybe like, I guess I kind of feel like, I don't know. And again, I, I feel like with the whole, this whole Jedi section of things has been such a like, hidden and like wild card kind of thing where like i this could literally go anywhere like who even knows Mm -hmm. so like maybe that's what the big kind of like climax for the season is but i guess in my mind now that we've met Bo and all this like in my mind i'm kind of feeling like wouldn't it be like the coolest thing ever like you have you've met boba clearly he's probably going to come into play at some point you have Bo. like what if there's just this big like all of the Mandos showdown with Moff Gideon at the end. Like that would Mm -hmm. be really cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know, but I mean, clearly, you know, he could survive that or he could win or what, I mean, who even knows? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, now we've knocked out another piece of footage from the trailer. All that's left is Navarro. Yeah. So we, again, we have four full chapters of, of stuff we haven't seen anything of. That's really exciting. And I think Navarro is next week. I have a theory on why that is and why we won't actually see Ahsoka for two more episodes. So stay tuned to that for our last talking point. But I want to start with Trask. Talk about world building. 
Talk about the Ryan Johnson effect still felt many, many years later. Moncalas <laughs> wear sweaters. Oh, sweaters so great. I've already found a sweater that looks like that. I'm probably going to buy it. So I hope people will cosplay that Moncala. <laughs> I mean, I literally have a head that's very close to that Moncala. Like, I'm probably going to, like, you know how we talked about me doing my dumb dance video? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I figured out what I'm going to be dressed like for the next one. Okay. I'm, I'm down to watch and share and retweet the hell out of it. Disgruntled uh, Moncala, like, dock <laughs> worker that is just like, I can't even believe your ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does he say? I have it written down. I thought it was the funniest thing. He's like, fix it. No, but I can make it fly. That is so funny. <laughs> Which I do want to say, too, up front before we even get into Trask. Bryce Dallas Howard, by the way, killed it once again. Props oh, to yes. her. Kudos. I love in the, in the making of docuseries, they talked about how they gave her chapter four because since she's so new to directing, she wouldn't realize how big of a challenge it actually was. So they're like, let's just throw the newbie, the rookie in there because she's not going to know like truly how hard this is. She's she killed absolutely it. incredible. She's yeah. I mean, like I, after, I mean, I loved I think that's probably one of my favorite episodes is the one that she directed in season one. And I just like. Yeah. After this episode, I'm like, please give her something. Like, give her a thing. Like, yeah. give her a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Because she's so good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I-, I want her to direct even more episodes in season three. I-, I would love her to come back consistently into the Star Wars universe. And the Howards in general have just been a... Or a movie or something. Yeah. Yes, please. Give it all to me, honestly. I mean, imagine her doing a solo spinoff series. Like, yeah. after her dad directed solo. I don't know. Just Just throwing some stuff out there. It would be amazing. Yeah. But kudos to Bryce Dallas Howard. You are truly a queen. We stand. You're great. Yes, we do. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, we do. I love you. And I can't wait for Jurassic Park to come back to theaters. Oh, I'm excited about that, too. I love that. People really hate on the new ones, but I love them. Rest in peace, Brontosaurus. We'll never oh, forget. Don't talk, don't talk about that. No, Tori, no. every time no. you post that. I'm going to get emotional again about this. <laughs> no. <laughs> every time you post that picture on Twitter, just know you hurt me. All right, it lives so. in my mind. It lives on in my mind. Anyway, <laughs> talking about Bryce Dallas Howard and her directing, I just wanted to interject this. Yes. I saw this like right before uh, Brad and I got on a talk that somebody noticed on the Twitter that uh, the Razor Crest landing scene side by side with the Apollo 13 like reentry onto Earth scene. Uh, is like the exact same thing basically it's very very cool and it was intentional and it was a nod to uh clearly you know her dad directing apollo 13 so i thought that was really cool um and i do uh, again we talk we talked last time about how they like to pull from pretty classic or pretty like well-known like movies that have been around for a while so i thought that was fun so yeah we thought it would be Jaws last week. It was actually Apollo 13. Who would have known? It was it was Apollo 13, and then it was also Alien. Yes. <laughs> a little bit with <laughs> the octopus just sticking on baby's face. I'll never eat lobster bisque the same. Oh, I want, I want hose soup so bad. That's what I'm calling it, hose soup. Hose <laughs> soup, I want it. Don't play with your food. <laughs> I, I could not, like, when he said that, I was like, oh, my God. He did not even, like, blink. I mean, obviously, we couldn't see, but he was like, this kid. It felt like a little bit of payback, honestly, from it did. the previous episode that baby got the face hugger treatment. <laughs> Which, by the way, right before that happened, Baby Yoda keeps saying this word all the time. He just goes, Kato! and it just sounds so cute. I, like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like, I feel like it's going to eventually form into his first word. 
I would yeah, love to but see what, it. What is it? We don't know. It yeah. has to. I want it to morph more into data, please. I yeah. want him to like. If I had to pick the word, I want him to call Mando his dad. Yeah. Obviously. Or Mandalorian. Hi, Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a long first word. It's <laughs> a lot of syllables for the kid's for a prodigy. <laughs> I mean, he's 50 years old. Dada, you are. Kinda no. La- kind of lazy when you think about it that he still hasn't said a word, but that's fine. <laughs> Trask is wonderful. I love the whole landing sequence. I love even just the beginning with them all like waking up from their nap. It's kind of like. It brought me back to some of those old vibes I didn't know I had as a kid of like going on the long road trips. You're kind yeah. of traveling through the night. The dusk is you're all like waking up. It's kind of dark inside the car and you're all like, are we there yet? You know, baby Yoda's waking up from his nap. Frog lady's like holding her tub while she's sleeping, like so precious and more on her yeah. in a couple seconds. But oh, my God, I love the whole the love the whole thing. And even the, the eggs kind of tipping back and forth on the seat. I was getting real worried. For a hot oh minute. yeah, me too. I was like, "Come on, now we're almost there." I agree. You bringing up the like, this just kind of like popped in my head. Like you talking about um, the kind of like road trip feel, and like the more I think about it, like I really like that too. And I kind of didn't really think about why, but it's cool because it's kind of a a side of space travel that we've never really seen mm-hmm. a ton, at least in like more like live actiony things in Star Wars, because like everything's so like high stakes all the time and this and that. And so with the show, we can like focus on those tiny little details of space travel that you just don't really like think about, you know? And I mean, I know this is a little different because they're not doing hyperspace, but I can imagine there's some hyperspace travel that is really long that you would probably still sleep. Boy. Yeah, I mean, we see that a little bit in A New Hope, right? I mean, they're kind of all hanging out, training in the in the main area, yeah. playing chess, you know? So there's a little bit of that in Star Wars, but it, we don't necessarily see the napping side of that. Which is cute. And we've seen a lot of sleeping in The Mandalorian. Like, we've seen, even the last episode, he goes in his little bunk bed with Baby Yoda. So just small details. Yeah, but it's just very, like, real life. Yeah. Very real life you know? feels. Very grounded, yeah. Yeah, like, I could live in the Star Wars universe because... I love napping. Like, I could definitely do this. I could do it. So. I believe in you. What did you think of Trask, the Corrin, the Mon Cala? Mm. Like, the, just the, the, the repurposed AT-AT lifting the Razor Crest out of the water, which I noticed that on my second watch through, that that was really, that was really awesome. And then you have the Mama Core, you have space boats, you have a, the It's inn. all amazing. Like, there's just so much going on in this world. I want to live there even longer. And I love that we're going to new planets, right? It's not like Tatooine again. It's not like another planet we've already seen. Like, build out this universe in this galaxy because it's so much bigger. And I was listening to Leslie Headland's interview recently, and she was talking about how every story that she approaches is like, where are we? And she pulled out her giant Star Wars Atlas book which That's i now amazing. want i want that oh book now <laughs> it's a really cool book i'm upset i don't have it honestly yeah. that might be the next thing i buy <laughs> but she was like you know where are we in the universe that's the first question you should ask yourself and there are so many planets out there and you have to pick somewhere interesting and i think that's what bryce dallas howard or and, and john favreau did successfully is like built out this world yeah. that we haven't seen so what are your thoughts on trask yeah trask is super cool i like like you're saying like it's that sweet sweet world building love that um i enjoy traveling to previous planets when there's a purpose you know clearly but uh yeah give me all the all the new planets so i love trask i obviously like mon calamari are like probably my favorite species in star wars so it was very exciting to be just like overwhelmed with the sight of them everywhere um corn were super cool albeit scary i guess at times uh i love 
when the guy sits down and talks to Mando, it's almost like, like I had big like, do you fear death? Like Jack Sparrow vibes, <laughs> which was great. Um, love that. Um, yeah, love the the Mama Core. I that's like the Sarlacc of the ocean, I guess, which is like fun. Um, love that. Um, so yeah, big fan. And I I liked it too because. Because I had seen some people saying, which, and I'm not, like, nitpicking at them, but people were like, oh, we've never seen, like, a this is, like, a fishing village. And, like, Sorgan was, like, kind of like a fishing village. That was, like, very small time. It was cool to see this because it was very, like, almost deadliest catch to me. Mm. Like, it's very, I've seen, like, a lot of comparisons people talk about, like, somewhere like Seattle or, like, Alaska or something where it's just always, like, dreary and it's always, like, kind of almost dark <laughs> and, like, it. And it kind of feeds into, it made me think a lot about Frog Lady talking about, like, my husband has really, like, suffered for us to have a good life. So, yeah. Loved it. I love that. It's Seattle in space. For anybody from Seattle, let us know if that's accurate. If yeah, this I think was Seattle. Brandon from, I think it was Brandon from Talking Bay 94. He was like, um, he was, he was like, build a galaxy's edge in Seattle and, like, <laughs> Feed me chowder and sell me sweaters. Like, that's what I want. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. I would love a Galaxy's Edge attraction where you go and eat soup, and then there's, like, an automated thing that pops out of your soup and just Pose grabs soup. you on the head. Pose Let's soup. go. Let's, Let's go. I want to get that soup splishy, splishy splashing all over myself. Let's do it. <laughs> but we, we can't keep going, Tori, without mentioning the biggest moment of the episode. And I know a lot of people are talking about Bo-Katan, and that's fine. That's dandy. You know, it's been a while since we've seen her, you know, like, no big deal. But I continue to cry every single time. The reunion. The reunion. Frogman and Frog Lady. And if Frogman is in the subtitles, it says Frogman Screaming Frog. Love it. They're so pure. I did. I cried. I've watched it three times. I've cried every time um just and again it's a testament to uh misty rosas and uh i don't know who is frog man actually now that i think about john it john so cameron that up oh john cameron thank you sir um they just so much emotion like the like they're excited like yelling croaks like i was like oh my god they're so like it's ah just so it was like watching like a heartfelt reunion in like an airport or something like it was just so real and so mm-hmm. sweet and the music too obviously like the music just drove it home <laughs> and to think too that frogman is sitting there right he he's given up everything and he's sitting there waiting for her to get there he he knows nothing he knows not where she is how she's doing if the eggs are okay he's basically sitting there and saying she could either not make it and i'm alone the rest of my life giving up everything or she will be here maybe it's just us or maybe we get the chance to have offspring and to like think of yeah. what he had to go through especially mentally and even her too right because she's like is he safe on I mean, the planet she's been through the freaking i'm protecting the mean. eggs yeah like they both <laughs> going, been through going some somewhere shit. with a stranger dealing yeah. with the spider like the crash landing like that's a lot i mean yeah. like i would say like even one of those things is probably very distressing yeah no absolutely so, it, it goes both ways and yeah. it makes when you when you when you think of it in that context that they've both experienced trauma in some sense whether mental or physical or uh, in terms of a dangerous creature like they got there and they did it and they're a dyad and and the the force they are they are a dyad you know forget raylo i'm a huge raylo frog dyad <laughs> wow yes yeah and it was wow. just so cute to see them hugging and uh, and, and later on we get to see their where house they were like kind of like like 
rubbing each other's hands. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just, ugh. Love language. Yes. Their, their love language is touch. I love that. I can't. It's the cutest. It's so cute. What did you think of their house, too? Like It was cute. Right? It was interesting. It seemed like it was, like, I don't know. I, I would like to know more. That's why, like, I... I hope that I know that they're doing like the art books, which I feel like the art book will probably have a lot to say about mm-hmm. like designs and stuff that are used. But I would love to see like some behind the scenes stuff, like some like larger, like some just like set photos, like things like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I thought it was it was super cute. It was very just like small. And and I, I think it was one of the more heartfelt moments of the series. Right. Because Din Jaren finally got to see the outcome of his actions and sticking to his word like how much it actually meant to these two these two frogs to to reunite and like for him it was like very easy to just say hey i'm gonna go to sleep forget about it we'll wait till morning but like seeing what they actually like felt like to see each other i feel like that struck a chord with them and there's almost yes. like this level of trust built with them to be like hey can you watch my kid <laughs> Like, he trusts them. They're, like, allies. Yeah, at that point, right? Well, I mean, you know, she had saved Baby's life, kind of. and like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I just want to, like, shout them out because truly, I, like, again, Bo-Katan's awesome. But, like, for me, just as a, as a soft boy who loves crying, the frog, people, are great. The frog people moment was, like, probably my favorite part of the episode. And that was, I, I continuously cry every time. Yeah. I have, I have to make those masks now for Justin and I. Justin said yes, so. Oh, perfect. We got to do, <laughs> we'll do it. So we move on to space boats. I'm on a boat and it's going fast. And I want somebody. Oh, please, somebody. This is what I had a thought at 6 a.m. in the morning. I was like, please, somebody make a fan cam to I'm on a boat with all the footage from the boat. Oh, that would be nice, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think that'd be great. With like the violence included with that. Like, <laughs> just pe- pepper that in there. Yes. So what was going through your mind when he starts talking about the mama core and did you like, I, did you feel the danger coming? Like, did you think they would turn yeah, on Yeah, I was like, I can't believe, which again, I, that's part of, I think what makes Mando great is that like, he can take a punch, he gets beat up, he gets like scammed and like stuff like that. Like, it's interesting, but I'm like, I cannot believe, like as soon as he starts talking about it and I was like, oh, okay, whatevs. And then he just kind of like keeps going and I'm like, this guy's pulling something, like something's happening. And I just, every time I'm like, Mando, why do you fall for it? <laughs> like, what is going on? But, um, yeah, so I had bad vibes, some severely bad vibes. And then I could not believe that he pushed baby, though. I was like, dang, this guy's ruthless. Like, Right, because we saw in the trailer, when I saw the, the grate, I was like, okay, that's the, that's the thing from the trailer where he's under the water. So I was like, okay, they're probably going to push him in. This is bad. And then they pushed baby in. I was like, what? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. They put, I was like, wow. All right. Okay. Luckily, he was smart enough to like reach over and like touch the thing that closed the, the, the stuff real yeah. quick. The, the, the crate. He's smart. Thank he's goodness. getting smart. You oh know, I feel like Din has taught him like anytime you're in danger, click that button. <laughs> because that's Which the only so thing. Which is so cute. I need you know? some, yeah, I need some supplementary like scenes of him teaching him that kind of stuff like that's so pure yeah that's like din Djarin's version of look both ways before you cross the road little little child yes like press the button <laughs> i never thought of like mandalorians drowning that's kind of like a, a thing i didn't really think of like how heavy the armor is and like if he didn't get rescued like he probably would have eventually drowned pretty quick 
and just like the the, the helmet filling up with the water. I, I think it's interesting, and I'm wondering to myself because yeah, cl- very clearly like Mando had an issue, but then you also saw um, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, just like go right in there, kill it, come out, no problem. So I'm wondering if maybe I mean clearly they probably just have like different kinds of armor, and then she may have like more of a seal around her helmet that allows her to go underwater. Like I don't know. Yeah. No, it is interesting. But it was, yeah, it was interesting to see him, like, really struggle. Yeah, because he was, like, gasping for breath, which I was surprised by. Yeah, not good. Yeah. But when we heard the jetpacks, like, okay, unexpected, right? Like, you, you would think that maybe they would show the two other Mandos we don't recognize and be like, oh, like, two ordinary Death Watch Mandos, like, whatever. But no, they just throw Bo-Katan, like, at us immediately. Like, you recognize the helmet I, as yeah, soon as she's like, in the wow, frame. wow, okay, there she is. There she goes. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was pretty cool. I was, like, kind of taken aback at first. I was like, okay, they're just, that. that's that's her. Like, that's literally her. Okay. You know, and seeing them just kick some ass and the, and the music was really on point to have, like, a theme for the Night Owls and just see them, like, kick some butt. And then she opens up the grate and she reaches out her hand, which is the same exact shot as the Death yes, Watch Mando reaching for, with Mando. for young Din Djarin as a kid. And the same exact holding poetry. hand shot. It's like poetry. Poetry. And then when she calls him brother, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. That's yeah. so good. I love yeah. that. And then, and, and then Ko- Koska? Koksa? Yeah. Uh, Koska Reeves and Axe's Got Wolves. it. Okay. I kind of looking at my notes, I was like, did I spell that wrong? No, I spelled it right. Uh. Koska is obviously the coolest. We actually skipped over her being in the crowd just like creeping. Oh, and like yes. that little I want to see like a full shot of that number, whatever she was wearing, because she looks so good, obviously. But um how cool that she was just like, oh, okay, yep, I'm gonna go up in here and kill this uh thing and it's no problem. Heck yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Well, I love that that hoodie, the hood she was wearing, I think, is the same from Clone Wars that Bo Katan was wearing. Yeah, you that know? they like wear, yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting too that she wasn't in her outfit, and I mean clearly after because initially I was like interesting, okay, huh? It once they popped up in their armor, but I guess after hearing them talk, clearly they're causing the Empire a lot of grief, so they probably don't wear their armor often in like yeah. public. It was really great to see Sasha Banks though. She looked fantastic. She looked so cool, so good. Her hair was like really cool. Yeah. At first, I thought they forgot her in the credits, and I realized her name Her name in the credits is Mercedes Varnado. Yeah, that's her, like, her, her real name, name, not yeah. her stage name. Uh, and then Simon Cassianidas plays Axe Wolfs, who is the other Mandalorian, along with uh, Bo-Katan, who's played by Katie Sackhoff, returning from Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So, like, getting we these three, her. give me the three Funko Pop set, please. All three <sighs> of them helmetless. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Give me that on Mando Monday, please, oh, with the Frog Lady yes. Black Series. It's all I want in my life. Yeah, I need, okay, we need Frog Lady. Like, that's, like, number one priority is Frog Lady. But, yeah, everything else, also, yes. Would you buy a Frog Lady cardboard cutout? I would buy a Frog Lady anything. Yeah, okay. Actually, I don't know about the cardboard cutout. I'm trying, <laughs> okay, listen, okay, I'm going through this whole thing where I'm trying to be a little bit more, a little less impulsive with my purchases because I really wanted a Cobb Vanth cut out but i said to myself tori like i'm moving into a new house i'm trying to like be more refined in what i place in my house yeah so i don't know about that yet but you know what frog lady though you might get me with frog lady yeah. honestly yeah yeah considered 
It's considered. It yeah. is. Bo-Katan taking off her helmet and the look on Baby Yoda's face and Din Djarin's just like, what? Which, by That's the way, in the previously on Mandalorian, like the first thing they showed was, have you ever taken off your helmet? Like the armor yeah, was so saying I was like, that. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. Off the helmet. <laughs> it's happening. That always gives oh, yeah. a little bit away, kind of. <sighs> and that's fine, though. Because you're already in it. It's fine. It's yeah. Fine. Um, I, so I love the helmet removal because, A, obviously really, really cool. Um, you know, like I said, you hear, like, the little And you're like, I'm going to see Katie Sackhoff's face. I'm so excited. She looks amazing <laughs> in real life. And, like, to see the other two was also really cool. But it was also, like, butt-clenching a little bit because it was, like, this is going to be such an awkward conversation. And, like, right out immediately, he's like, what the heck's going on? What are you doing? Like, pump the brakes. Um, and I, I, it's, it's exciting, too, because it, I've been waiting to have, like, the conversation about clearly their, which we are not super privy to, but now we know a little bit more about. There's clearly a big rift in Mandalorian society. There, like something has occurred mm-hmm. and there's clearly like two sections now or maybe more who knows but so it was really interesting for her to just be like oh yeah those people are like wild like <laughs> they're crazy they're, they're religious zealots like what yeah <laughs> din Djarin's so, a child that. of the watch like give me oh, some game of thrones vibes yes oh my god i loved the way that she phrased that also what i loved was her saying I'm like the last of my clan. So once again, we hear the same thing of like, yeah. this is, I'm the last of, I am the last. So I'm just like, oh, it's that's an excellent point. People coming together. Yeah. And that's a very common theme of the show. Like you're saying, it's, exactly, it's yeah, really I'm powerful. Like of, what, yeah. how does, how does somebody react when they know they're the last of their kind and that sort of fight or flight struggle? Like, do you, flight because you just want to save your skin and live as long as you can like you know uh i think as dj says in the last jedi you know it's all it's all game partner just you know live as long as you can and whatever maybe even han solo says that i i I forget but where do you fight do you fight for your people despite being the last of your kind with the risk of you losing everything and the risk of you losing the potential to have offspring and even like frog lady right like she she fought she pulled out her pistol she say baby Yoda. Pew pew. Yeah. She did the thing, you know, like everybody is clearly up for the fight. And yes, I think Din Djarin was pretty taken aback this episode. I think it's the first time that we've really seen him not command the room. And the best comparison I had was chapter that's six. Really interesting point. Because yeah, there's that, a, yeah, yeah. kind of. There's a couple of shots when they get on the transport later in the episode where Really, Bo-Katan and her crew are doing all the work. They're shooting everybody, and then Din's just kind of holding his pistol there, like, like looking around, and there's a couple of shots where he's just, like, looking and kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, because, like, clearly they're doing everything, and I'm just kind of here. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole juxtaposition of, like, here's one Mandalorian creed, and here's another. Din thinks that this is the only way, and he says yeah, that at one point. Like, he says there is only one way. Is crazy, yeah. yeah. He says there is only one way, the way of the Mandalore. And rigidity is not good. And she's like, I'm literally Mandalorian. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. Like, this armor has literally <laughs> been in my family. For what is this man saying to me? Three generations, <laughs> sir. And I lived on the planet. And my sister was the ruler of Mandalore. Well, it's so funny to me because, like, I and this is just me, but I feel like 
I, wouldn't there be a sense of relief knowing that maybe you could take a life path where you could actually take off your helmet at some point? Like, wouldn't he, like, if I was Mando, I'd be like, oh, thank God, like, I can, <laughs> I can do this. But at the same time, clearly I am far different from Mando, and I feel like he's still uncomfortable with vulnerability, and he's still clearly very committed to the people that, you know, saved him and, like, kind of gave him his way of life, so. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued, though. I kind of feel like, and this just occurred to me with this episode, like, at some point, I think he might just be cool with taking off the helmet. I agree. I think it's going to take a lot. But I think that if he's in more with, like, Bo and them, like. I agree. That's a great point. And when we talked about the purpose of Bo-Katan earlier, it's like she's kind of there to also help show him there is not only one way. And we talked about this in our last yeah, episode. The you know, evolution not... of this is the way. Yeah. 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 And to challenge his current beliefs. Yeah. Because, like, if you only follow the path that somebody else has set out for you, you're never going to be free. And again, it goes back to that Kuil thro- uh, quote. You know, once the old ways are gone, then you will be free. Until then, you're not free. And Din Djarin is not free until he gives up those old ancient ways. And that's what Bo-Katan mentions is like, he, you know, the religious zealots are trying to establish this old way. They're yeah, reestablishing it, you know, which all like... All the way back. Rewind. Yeah. It's not going to work. And I think she, she's there as a sort of reminder to him that stop being so stubborn. Get your shit together a little bit. So what happened to Mandalore, Tori? Like, what's going on over there? Apparently it's a desolate wasteland. Yeah, apparently it's not great. So, yeah. I mean. Everything that literally. goes there dies and it's cursed. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, I think you said this. Like, I definitely feel like, I don't know about for this season, but I think, I think we're going to Mandalore at some point, mm-hmm. at this point. Because yeah. it's very clear that Bo's um, path is to reestablish what once was on Mandalore. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think the restoration of Mandalore is the the long game for the series. I think that's ultimately ultimately where we're going to end up and even Bo mentions she is trying to seat a new Mandalore but needs needs something before she can do that, which is obviously the dark saber. <laughs> and then she tells Din Djarin, "Don't believe everything you hear. Everyone wants to separate us. Mandalorians are stronger together." Which I thought was a really powerful message just in kind of our current age and day of politics right you know oftentimes it feels like the things that we're fighting for the people that are against us try to separate us and try to make Mm -hmm. us weaker but there's always that reminder that there are more of us we are stronger together and we can rise above tyranny and oppression and all those sorts of things so i just thought that was like a really cool message of like don't believe the things you hear there's a lot of misinformation out there you grew up in this religious zealot cult. They don't necessarily know what they're talking about. I love that. <laughs> and yeah. you should take a note from me and think like there is more to this Mandalorian history and this creed than you might realize. And yeah, the exactly. offer is always there if you want to join us and learn more. What did you think of the mission? This mission of taking down an Imperial cruiser, all the action shots we got. This was like some Deborah Chow level stuff. Of like this very like action packed kind of horror vibe, even like a little bit of a mix of Rick Famuyiwa Chapter Six. Like it kind of felt like the culmination of Chapter Six and Chapter Three together, where you mix the Mandalorians yeah, with the sort of that. horror like, yeah. oh god, they're coming after us! Like oh no, all the guards are dying. Yeah, on the that comms. was great. I loved that. Oh my god. What did you think of the whole sequence and just the build up to the final moment in the in the bridge? 
I thought it was very, um, it was like a little intense, um, but very funny. Like I, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Like, you know, where the first hint of, oh, the pirates are here. It's, it's the guy kind of right across the, the windshield of the, <laughs> um, ship, which was hilarious. And then was I mean, the, car, the cargo thing was the man and the cargo bay that's like oh yeah we got him trapped in the cargo control area and the guy's like you did what now like (laughs) that was classic also that man belongs at weenie hut general across the street like he was such a little weenie he was like shut the door (laughs) i love that um very fun very fun to see um weenie hut general (laughs) and i mean I'm literally just rattling off my notes at this point. Uh, the, like, Admiral Man in the actual, um, like, on the bridge, who I guess was in Lost, you told yes, me. Yes, played I by Titus Welliver. man. I've never seen this man before in my life. He plays um, the Man in Black, which is actually one of my favorite characters. He's also in Deadwood, okay. by the way. So Deadwood continues to show up this season, just saying. Okay, okay. Yeah, represent. Um, but he just looked like he was made to be sad and upset. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But it was very cool, and you know the the kind of a, a I would call a big reveal at that point, you know, a confirmation that she's after the dark saber, which is yeah. cool. Um, and then I just want to say that I think the coolest thing that I've seen in Star Wars probably in a really long time. Um, if you haven't, you know, known this about me, I find um some things that are pretty morbid, like pretty fascinating. So I probably haven't gotten this excited since I saw that. Um original episode nine concept art of the space guillotine but the cyanide tooth but make it star wars yeah. was very cool <laughs> that was so cool that was actually really awesome <laughs> i could not believe when that happened I, I i kind of expected him to do something that would probably off himself but i i was not expecting that that was very fun like another warfare tactic that we really haven't considered in the in the star wars universe but the fact that it was more electric rather than like you know poisonous pretty awesome pretty cool it's electric but yes what did you what were what was running through your mind when my boy Giancarlo, uh gus fring himself showed up as a hologram oh my god unexpected twist it made me laugh too because like he's like oh these pirates like he knows that it's the mandalorians which i thought yeah. was very funny and he had that long live the empire but it was it was that long live the king vibes yeah you know? like from lion king like that's what i thought of well you bring up a great point he knows actually was watching a subtitle subtitles reveals a lot which is fun but interestingly interestingly enough when he says are these the pirates that attacked us before pirates is in quotations Yes, I saw that. Yes, so he he's so like he knows. the pirates. The sure pirates, guys, they're pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they're engaging in pirate-like behavior. Yeah. But oh, we kind of skipped over. I mean, not that we really necessarily are going perfectly in order, but we kind of glazed over the um, kind of like turning of everything in the cargo hold, where uh, Bo's like, "Yeah, we're taking the whole ship now." Oh yes. Sorry, I didn't mention that to you, dude. And he's like, Mando's like, uh. You're doing what now? You're altering yeah, how the did deal? You feel about that? <laughs> Pray I don't alter it any further. I thought Bo Katan was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even think of that. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. 
But I actually loved when she was like, this is the way, you know, kind of mocking him. Oh my God, that was, that was like a bless your heart, like, like, screw you. Yeah, (laughs) that was pretty great, honestly. And again, it was kind of just reaffirming to Din, like, dude, you are stubborn, you are rigid, you're like a crackety old man who thinks you have to lighten up a little bit. We're taking this shit, baby. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, we're having some fun. We're like blowing shit up and we're going to take the bridge now. Bye. If you want to join us, fine. So... Yeah, I thought that was just, again, another thing of, like, we're there in control of the situation, and Din's just kind of there as a passenger, and once he finally buys in, that's when he does the big, you know, uh, kamikaze run down the hallway where he's, like, just taking bullet after bullet, holding the detonators, and he, like, flings them out, which I loved, and then he's just, like, using his best car as a shield. Yeah, what a move. But I thought that was a moment where he realized, you know, I have something to offer, I can do something pretty cool here. They've been taking all the shots. I'm going to take a shot now. But yeah, the Darksaber getting introduced, I thought it was done really well. It didn't really beat you over the head with the details. It was just kind of like, oh, yes, the Darksaber. I think I've seen that before. Obviously, there's a history because we know, you know, pirates. Moff Gideon has probably been getting chased by Bo-Katan for quite a bit. And even even the guy knew about it, right? Like the officer knew because she asks him, does he have it? And he says... If you're asking, you already know the answer. That was such a what a reply. What a little what a little smarty. Do you think like the the empire or like maybe this certain section that Moff Gideon controls like all know about the dark saber and like its history and like the fact that it's a pretty big deal he has it in his possession? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know. <clears throat> like I wonder if he really I- leads by fear with that thing. I feel like probably then, I mean, like with him, I mean, granted, he was like a top ranking officer. So maybe he, you know, maybe only like top ranking people know. I mean, I kind of feel like he, yeah, he probably is like, look at this cool thing I have. Like, I feel (laughs) like it's probably common knowledge. Because let's be honest, I would be like, hey, look at this cool sword I have. (laughs) Look at this. I love that. Be afraid of me. Yes, absolutely. Fear me. But it was really cool to have that that storyline introduced. And it begs the question of when and where did Bo-Katan lose the Darksaber? And I did notice, and I think you pointed out that she probably had this during the animated series, but there was a scar yeah, on her head. Yeah, it looks like she's had it. Yeah, she's had it. So I was thinking like, oh, maybe that has something nice. to do with her losing the Darksaber. But I think the Night of a Thousand Tears is something that Moff Gideon mentions in Chapter 8. And I wonder, that was the night that a lot of Mandalorian recruits were gunned down in Mandalore. So I wonder if that was the night in which Bo-Katan tried to defend her city. And that was maybe the point in which she lost the Darksaber. I'm not sure. I hope we get a flashback. I hope we see them meet up. I would expect us yeah, to meet up. There's, there's got to be some connecting of the dots with them. Like, there's some, like... There is some crucial stuff missing from what we know. Yeah. And have seen. So. And I, I think if Din Djarin goes up against Moff Gideon alone, I think we pretty much can assume it's going to be a loss. Because I don't think you can take down Moff Gideon without Bo Katan being present. She kind of has saying. to be the Mando one. Mando team up, everyone yeah. shows up, and everyone's kind of from a different, like, like if it's Boba and Bo and her, her crew and Mando, everyone's, like, all kind of from a different, like, background, Yes. you know? Yep. So it's, like, everyone coming together, and, like, in our togetherness, we are Mandalore. 
Like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. I did really I love, love to the ruthlessness of, of Moff Gideon really coming through. It felt the most like Giancarlo's Gus Fring as it has ever felt when he says, I'm afraid if they've already taken that much of the ship, rescue is no longer an option. It's too <laughs> bad. Mm, he said, that's too bad. Yeah, you know what to do. And then he just shoots both pilots, which I feel bad for those guys, to be honest. Those guys were so upset as soon as everything started going sideways. <laughs> I, like, really felt for them. That one yeah. guy in the, uh, in the black, he was, like, shaking in his boots. He was, like, ah, yeah. not okay. I feel like he was an intern. <laughs> it's probably his first day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I will say that's interesting, though, too, that and I mean, clearly, like, obviously, this is an established thing, like we're seeing this. It's still kind of wild to me, even though knowing, you know, with the the um, storyline of Mando and then kind of thinking about how, like, timelines match up with, like, the First Order and stuff. Like, very clearly, it's like the Empire never really went away and we're transitioning to First Order kind of thing. But it is wild to me that there are that many stormtroopers just hanging out on a ship and they're getting all these weapons. Like, it's just. To think about how this is like seven years, as over seven years at this point, right? Like after Return of the Jedi, like it's wild that there's this many people that are still like just doing their job. Yeah, it's crazy. And you, you would think too, like once the Empire died, they would kind of just give up on the cause and call it a day. But no, they're really committed. I mean, long live the Empire. Yeah. And I mean, clearly there's always people that are kind of like hanging out, but I feel like between the ending of last season with Moff Gideon showing up with everybody. But to me, that made a little bit more sense because it's Moff Gideon, so clearly he'd probably have a lot of people around him. But, like, to just see, like, this ship be just filled with stormtroopers. Like, there were so many. It's wild that they're still just basically fully operational, I guess. And I think that's the fascinating reality of Disney Star Wars is these things, these these moments of peace and these times of prosperity don't last forever. We're really. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of question whether they even existed to begin with. Yeah, I don't think it Honestly. ever truly exists. And even in the Rise of no. Skywalker novelization no. at the end, we have Poe saying, you know, evil always rises. It's just a matter of if we're ready to meet that challenge and band yep. together. Someone's always hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that we're exploring the Empire post-Return of the Jedi. I love First Order. Like, you know, maybe we're getting there. Maybe we'll get a race loan at some point. Who knows? I would love that so damn much. Give it to me, Mm -hmm. Lucasfilm. Just saying. Please. But I will say Bo-Katan getting to -to face-to-face with Moff Gideon would be really, really exciting. And I would love to see that so damn much. I want it. Last thing I want to talk about before we preview what's next for The Mandalorian is Baby Yoda. So every episode we talk about our favorite Baby Yoda moments of the episode. Tori, as you know, Eggate has been very stressful this week. To, the, uh, to that, I will only say uh, for all of us, I think it's valuable to listen to the concerns and the criticisms of other people and to seek to understand people's issues. I think art should be critiqued. And I don't think that necessarily means that by critiquing art, that means you hate all of that art. I just think it means that you're critiquing a certain portion of that art to say, hey, this certain portion of art made me feel this certain way. And I think it could be better with maybe different people in the room. I think that's that's my only thought on the matter. I don't know if you had anything to, mm-hmm. to add or if you agree with no, me. No, I totally agree. I think thinking critically about something that you love is very indicative of how much you love it. 
so. And I think, you know, just because something didn't upset you doesn't mean that you can tell people that it's not upsetting to them. Yeah. That's all. Cool. <laughs> That's all, folks. That's a great yeah. way uh, to so, put. You know, after a somewhat discomforting week of watching Baby Yoda eat the offspring of Frog Lady, yes. I feel like we got some eggdemption this week as I would call it. I agree. I think it was handled vastly better. Um, I was not grimacing the whole time. I think I had an initial like, <gasps> but um, I was awesome. I loved it. And and you, you yourself kind of mentioned last week, you know, you wish that there was more like nurturing kind of going on. And uh, we kind of talked about, you know, uh, this week there's baby with like the little tadpole kind of having those nurturing. So... <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I'm crying. No, I'm crying. Okay. Like, yeah, at the end, like, I feel like baby, like, they're, the frog people are so nice, and they're like, hey, look, look at my baby. Like, this is a baby. And I feel like baby Yoda's, like, learning, and then also, yeah, he's, like, kind of nurturing a little bit. Like, it definitely was handled far better this time around. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when I first saw Din drop off Baby Yoda at the house and Baby Yoda goes up to the case of eggs, I was like, oh God. I was like, please, for the love of God, don't eat more eggs. As soon as the tadpole popped out, though, in that shot, I was like, oh, okay, he's probably not going to eat them because those parents are like on it. Well, and his look right away, he opens his mouth. He's like, ah, and he's like so excited to see a tadpole. Oh my God, look at that. Yeah. Which brings up a great point of, I think, that this truly was a, a moment of learning for Baby Yoda. And again, in hindsight, as, as disturbing as last week was, I understand all those criticisms and I certainly agree with it. Again, I wish it was just more nurturing the last week. And that's what we got this episode, right? We see when, when uh, Din Djarin comes to pick up Baby Yoda from his frog daycare, he's playing with the little tadpole and you see frog lady like pointing to the tadpole and kind of like almost egging him on to be like, Oh no, like play with it. Like, you know, like take, take care of it. It's a, it's a baby. I just thought that was like, so there was such growth there for baby Yoda to be like, Oh, I made a mistake. I ate these eggs and I didn't realize that this is like life. This is their offspring. And now I want to play with it and I just want to take care of it. And I think that's a good moment for Baby Yoda to just be like, you can't eat everything, baby. Like, you have to yeah, choose. I would hope that there was that realization of, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> I love when, when Din pulls him away, though. You kind of see Baby Yoda, like, reaching out with his arms. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, I made a friend. No, he's my friend now. I made a friend, yeah. What did you think of the comment when he said, no, I have enough pets? <laughs> that was funny. Oh, that was funny. Um, yeah, I love I love that ending part. Yeah, because I feel like that did kind of bring it around significantly for me um, on the egg conversation. But I also uh, I really <laughs> I really like which is like possibly evil of me, but I loved the face hugger scenario. I thought oh, that was yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. No, that was also that was also another great, great baby Yoda moment. So, yes, oh. I, I I feel like. The eggs were done really well this week, and I'm really happy about that. And I love seeing the more nurturing side of Baby Yoda. So, yeah, which is all thanks to Bryce Dallas Howard, baby. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Next week is chapter 12, which we found out is directed by Carl Weathers. <gasps> Very exciting. Did? I didn't know that. <gasps> I want wow, you. Wow, I can't wait. I want you. 
I want you. Where are my Rocky fans at, folks? I can't wait. Are you I a fan wait. of Rocky? Oh, okay. So, not really. Don't yell at me. That's okay. Um, not not that I don't like it. It's just something that I have not seen in like ages. I would recommend um, before next week, and this is your homework. This is the official Clan of Two homework. Watch Rocky Four. And for any okay. of you listening, watch Rocky Four because like okay. Carl Weathers is the best in that movie. Uh, Rocky Four yeah. and Rocky Two. I I so I I know I've. And again, it's been a very long time. I think I know I've seen that movie because Carl Weathers did stick with me from that movie. So, but I will, I, for you, I will look into it. I will try and watch it. It's really good. Um, I would recommend. But I, on that note, this is totally off topic, but I had to inject, interject this. Please. Um, I do not know. So I'm not being very helpful in this. I don't know actually who the person was that like composed it. It was something that I found on Instagram when I was trying to look for music to add to a story. But someone did it's the Mandalorian theme over the Rocky theme, like a remix, and it sounds so cool. Well, because just want to say, you know, Ludwig uh, Gorenson does the theme for the Creed movies or he does the music for Creed, which is the sequel to the Rocky franchise. I didn't know that, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot. When I first heard the Mandalorian music last season, I was like, wait, who's doing the music? And I found out it was it was Ludwig. And then he did Creed. And I was like, OK, that's why the Mando's theme song sounds like rocky so it's beautiful it's it's great that's another reason everybody here should watch okay tangent here so you should watch rocky one um then you should watch rocky two then you should watch rocky (laughs) four you don't really need to watch rocky three or rocky five or rocky balboa so once you watch those three films then go to creed two or creed one and then creed two and you're gonna get a whole lot of carl weathers along the way anyways Sounds like a good time. My point stands. Next week is directed by Carl Weathers. Very exciting. Is this going to be the Navarro episode, Tori? I kind of feel like yes at that point, actually, then. Maybe. Um, because I, I mean, I don't know. I, would you assume that he was in it? Maybe. I don't know. That's, that's kind of my thing is I'm like, I feel like maybe he would probably maybe be in the episode he's directing. I'm not sure. I actually, they actually thought did not occur to me because i didn't realize that he was directing the next one so then yeah i guess i would assume that he's gonna go to corvus like uh Bo tells him to but he's gonna get sidetracked somehow yep and probably do that and then because isn't the next one after this that's the dave filoni confirmed one it right? is yes so that's probably gonna be the ahsoka one let's be honest yeah right like Who's going to direct that but Dave? Yes, that was my thought exactly. I, I feel like so, we should kind of quell our expectations. I don't think we're going to see Ahsoka for another two weeks. Yeah, which I kind of like, though. I like that they kind of spread it out. And that's yeah. why, like, I definitely wanted to, like, after the first episode, I was like, ah, oh, we're not going to see Boba for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think how Navarro could play into next episode is the Razor Crest is obviously very damaged. So I don't yeah. think he's going to be able to make it the full way to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Corvus. And I think he's going to realize, well, I guess the closest pit stop is Navarro. Let me go see my old friends and see if they can help me refuel and uh, rebuild my ship. And he's going to get there and they're going to be like, hey, get looped into something. Hey, we got a mission yeah, for you. We can help you, except you got to do this for us. <laughs> Which is kind of every episode this season, right? Like, 
Oh. It really is where they're like, hey, um, you got to do this first, though. You got to do a little mission. Yeah. Thank you. Can you defeat the crate Dragon for us? Oh, can you transport her eggs? Oh, can you steal this Imperial freighter for us? Oh, can you free the Mithril from prison for us for some reason? Thanks. Yeah, I really wonder what that reason is. I'm very intrigued about all of that. I'm very, very. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm very excited if the Navarro episode is next. I'm very excited to see Mithril, Carl Weathers, uh, Din Djarin and baby yoda and literally nobody else that's all i have to say about that i'm excited about the mithril i want a name we don't even have a name that's what i need i need a name what if his just his name is just horatio sands (laughs) i mean that's also fine i guess hi i'm horatio sands as horatio sands (laughs) that would be the greatest star wars (laughs) stupid stupidity i've ever heard of but i would love it so are you excited for next week though yeah i'm excited um, I think I'm like a little more antsy talking about this now, thinking about it, because I, I kind of, well, again, I didn't really realize who was directing what. I wasn't really keeping up with the numbers. So I was kind of thinking that the Soko was going to be next week. So it kind of sucks that I have to be worried about that for a couple more weeks. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, f- uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. And, and- I'm, yeah, I'm ex- super stoked to see Grief Karga again. More Grief Karga at all times, please. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, full transparency, I, the the thought of possibly seeing uh two problematic people right in a row um between chapters 12 and chapter 13 really doesn't excite me or sit well with me and i'm really not looking forward to to that but you know i just want to say i'm really excited for carl weathers uh he has 25 years plus of directing experience i think it's awesome that he's directing an episode um i'm gonna try to pull what i can uh from this navarro episode if that's the case and, uh, you know, again, uh, the trans rights or human rights fundraiser is still going on and we should continue donating and sharing that when we can, because it is important. And, uh, I think as, as we try to enjoy the show, we also need, again, art should be critiqued. Art should be, uh, pointed for its flaws, pointed out its flaws, and we should, uh, address concerns when we have them. So. But yeah, I'm looking forward. I have work off next Thursday and Friday. Nice. Very excited. Uh, I don't tell anybody that I'm spending the day watching Mandalorian. I'm just like, yeah, I need a mental health day. You know, I'm just kind of like, you need a mental health day. That's a mental health day, baby. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to like sit at home, mental health. Also watch the Mandalorian like 15 times in a row and like talk with my friend Tori about it. So <laughs> it's a good day. Okay. It's a, good it's a day, great day. I think. So. That is it for us, though. Tori, do you have any other thoughts on Chapter 11, The the Heiress? No, uh, yeah, no thoughts. Head empty, you know? Yeah. Um, that's it. I loved it, clearly. Uh, cannot wait to see Bo again. I, and Sasha Banks, actually. Yeah. I await their return anxiously. I'm right with you, too. I'm excited for Monday as well to just explosively... And that man, too, that random man. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I'm ex- I ran the man. <laughs> the age of men is over. Well, I watched it because I watched it the first time and then I watched it with Justin. And so we're watching it. And the second time I watched it, I actually paid attention to the man's name. I was like, oh, his name's Axe. That's cool. And he's like, you didn't realize that the first time. And I was like, no, I was like, women, women. <laughs> They're amazing. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Uh, actually, one last thing I want to ask you. Did you get anything from the celebration store that opened up today on Friday? 
Mandalorian related? Uh, yeah. Did you get anything? Uh, not Mandalorian related. No. no. I really wanted the egg. Literally everyone tagged me in the egg. The hairy egg. I really wanted it. But like I said, I'm trying to make some adult decisions. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. <laughs> Which is like a myth anyway, but I'm trying to convince myself like you don't need it. It's fine. Yep. We'll see if I make it, honestly, a long period of time without going back to the site and ordering it, just ordering it. But I did get um, uh, a, I got two of the Bespin lamps because I'm going to use those as um, both mine and Justin's like bedside table lamps. I love that. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. What about you? I ended up getting the Baby Yoda fanny pack. I feel like it'll come. I saw that. That's amazing. <laughs> it'll come in really good use at Celebration 2022. Yeah, you gotta wear it. Yeah, you gotta wear it there. There's a, sure. If you've never been to a Celebration, folks, you, you carry a lot of stuff. So a fanny pack goes a long way. Yeah. Yep. I got the Clan of Two sigil, uh, the signet, but it's a bottle opener. I saw that. That's really fun. Yeah, I Very love nice a good looking, bottle yeah. opener. Yeah. And then I got the official Mandalorian shirt. That has like the Mandalorian nice. season two uh, blue logo on it. So I'm very excited. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So okay. very, very excited about that. But yeah, I guess if you have nothing left to say, I have nothing left to say on chapter 11. Just very excited. We got Bo-Katan so soon in the season. And with that being said. Me too. Tori, where can our listeners find you online? All things uh, Creature Cartel and all of your really great tweets, by the way. I got to say. Your tweets have been straight fire, like the last two weeks, especially. My God, thank you. So keep it up, please. I'm doing my best. Give the people what they want through this tumultuous time with humor. (laughs) Um, yes. So you can follow my personal accounts are under the Mandatorian, which is the Mandalorian, but there's a T instead of an L. Um, my Twitter is just that. My Instagram has a period between the and Mandatorian. Um, you can follow all of my shop stuff at Creature Cartel or Creature Cartel Shop, depending on the platform. Um, and it is Creature Cartel on Etsy. Like I said, we have some brand new earrings that are the um, Medhorn Signet um, a brooch as well and some calamari flan. I've always had the calamari flan. So, yeah, hoping to put some new stuff out soon. So, yeah. Awesome. And as for the Friends of the Forest podcast, you can find us again on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter as well, where again, I just typically just shit post uh, constantly and it's just a ton of fun. And it's beautiful. If you want to support the show, leave us a five star rating wherever you listen. Definitely helps bring other people into the community and have a discussion with us about Star Wars. And you can also join us on Patreon if you want and support the show financially, which definitely helps us to continue producing content. Goes a long way. Thank you to our current patrons, Anna, Cheryl, Christina, Deborah, Donnie, Elegy, Jessica, Marie Claire, Marvin, Neil, Rachel, Sarah, and T. That is all, Tori. That is all. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me as always. You are a great co-host. So yes, happy to have course. you here. Uh, this was a really great one. Yeah. episode. There's a lot of good stuff coming our way this season, and this is only the beginning. I can't believe we're three chapters in only. Like, we have so much left to talk about. So, until next time, everybody, this is The Way.
Friends of the Force is a proud member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. To learn more about our sister shows, find us on Twitter at We Are Escape Pods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.